Welcome to the Harvest Sound Podcast, for music and mission, truth and prophecy, creativity and compassion merge as one. And uh, we know the devil don't play fair, but we know that God is good and he is able to restore. You might have even grown up in a family where you go, wow, I was, I barely made it through, man. I had a dysfunctional um, situation and and that sadly that's pretty common nowadays and uh um we were we were at a tent revival last night it was really a tremendous time our team did awesome they they hit it out of the park and uh and but we were there was a a leader there uh who used to be a nfl football star and he came in from california he's now a pastor and, and he's just got a tremendous ministry um for uh, restoring men and fatherhood and all this good stuff. And he was given some stats that were just blowing your mind. It was something like uh, 20% of youth are growing up now in America with, with uh, two parents in the home and, and just how it's just like we're on a landslide of what has happened to the family. And, uh, but I believe where sin abounds, because a lot of this has come through sin, of the sin, generational sin and things that are not being, being healed. And it's just, there's just been a disintegration of family as we've known it. And, um, but I believe, you know, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound, okay? So there's more grace to restore family right now while everything looks bad and messed up. There's more grace. God's extending grace for the church. And it's, it's in his heart for the church to be the example, to be the model, how will they know unless they see? And that's, that's what's, what's missing, that people need to see healthy fathers, healthy mothers, healthy families, and, uh, and, and more than, than what we teach, you know, they, as they say, more is caught than taught, right? When someone can see flesh and blood, tangible, uh, a functioning family or healthy sons and daughters and all these good things, it, they go, oh, it, first of all, it can be done in a, in a, in a society where you, you think, man, it, this is crazy. Like, you know, that's why a lot of people are like, why would I get married? It's just a war zone. You know, let's just live together and let's just, you know. But when we go back to the way the Lord has designed it, it is absolutely fascinating, absolutely beautiful. And everyone's covered. Everyone's taken care of. It's extraordinary when we get back to the divine design. And, uh, and I, I want to talk a little bit about that because uh, in, in God's economy, it's family first, right? It's, it's family first. Even when we, when we hear the phrase where Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of heaven, then everything will be given unto you. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. Don't forget that. I forgot that. <laughs> and, and, and everything will be get it, given to you, be added onto you. But in the center, I want to submit this to you, in the center of that kingdom... There, there's a king, but there also, I would, I would say that the center of the kingdom is family. Because when you think of a kingdom, you know, kingdoms, you think of the king and you think of, of uh, rules and regulations and, uh, you know, all, all the things that make a, a kingdom work or even an, an empire. And, they, you know, they're, they're advancing and there's war and there's, there's all these. And, they're, and, they're, and the Lord is the Lord of hosts. Don't take that away from him at all. He is a warrior. But in the center of it all, when you take all the armor off <laughs> and you get inside that, those walled cities, there's family inside there. There's family. There's 
fathers and mothers and sons and daughters. And that's how, and when we get inside heaven, we're going to see, oh, this is a family. When we get inside a, a healthy church, we realize, oh, this is, this is a family. This isn't a bunch of just religious rules and reg- regulations. A lot of people think it is. <laughs> and, and, and that's why, and people get hurt in dysfunctional situations. Just by being human alone, we have all had our turn of being dysfunctional. Anyone start in that movie? Done a few things, you're like, ah, if I could redo that or rethink that. Uh, you know, we have some regrets, and that's okay. God forgives. We learn from our mistakes. We move on. But I believe that as we talk about family and we talk about mothers on a day like this, we have to realize that God wants models. He wants model citizens of heaven that people can just look to and go, oh, it can be done. It is being done, and I can do it too. We were talking about that with the, the Bible Connect group. With the, we have a tremendous time on Thursday mornings with the, the, the young men and the older men coming together and, and just uh, getting in the Word. And we've talked a lot about the, the Apostle Paul, how he keeps saying, hey, follow me as I follow the Lord. He wasn't ashamed, he wasn't ashamed of that. See, and, and part of what's missing is we have a lot of men, and maybe women too, but for sure men that are just like, oh, I don't know about that. Follow me. I got issues. You know, I'm like, but see, that's where responsibility comes in. That's where we kind of go, you know what? I got this one shot at life on planet Earth here, and I'm either going to step up to the plate, and I'm going to swing like one who's going to knock it out of the park, or I'm just going to be kind of like, eh, you know, I guess, uh, you know, I got issues. I'm not sure if, you know, what if I mess up? And, 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 we, we, and, and so we, we second-guess it. We, and, and we second-guess ourselves, and we think, well, maybe when I pull stuff together, I can, I can be a model, or I can be an example, or I can have something to offer. And, and, and Paul just comes along constantly saying, hey, follow me. I'm an example. I'm following Jesus. Get, get behind. Come on, let's go. There needs to be leadership. And even in the family, there's leadership the way God institutes it. There, there really is roles for men and women. So just before I get too far into this, y'all good with this? Can we do, th- can we do this? <clears throat> uh, Psalms 128. Let's stand for the reading of God's word. We'll just take a, a portion here and jump in on the word. Okay, Psalm 128. It says, Blessed are all those who fear the Lord, who walk in his ways. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessing and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your sons will be like olive shoots around your table. Thus is the man, thus is the man blessed who fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion all the days of your life. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem. And may you live to see your children's children. Peace upon Israel. Please be seated. So let's take a look at this. Psalm 128. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who have a reverence for God, who, who believe he exists, believe he's good, and come up under his authority, his, his uh, perfect law that gives freedom, and walk in his ways, learn to walk in his ways, not our ways. A lot of people are just making up their own way, and that's why we see such chaos in our society right now. You can see the fruit of it. As we talked about stewardship, so, so in essence, today we're talking about stewarding the family. Can we do that? Stewarding family. So we talked about the stewardship of work. 
last, last week. And, and here you see it again. It's like, uh, you will eat the fruit of your labor, of your work. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Does that sound good? Everyone's, everyone down with work? Work's okay? It's part of the kingdom? It's part of the plan? It's a healthy thing? And it, it releases blessings and prosperity into our families. Um, and then we go to verse 3 here. It says, and your wife will be like a fruitful vine. And so I want to touch on that for a moment. I know we got some singles up in here, but you can learn in advance, right? You can learn in advance and say, hey, my wife, you can declare it now, my wife will be a fruitful vine. You know, the power of the spoken word, the power of the word of God. And, and then it says, your sons will be like olive shoots. Of course, that applies to the daughters as well. And uh, the children around your table. And there's something about the table, the coming together, the fellowship of the family, of c coming together and having just that time, that connect time, that special time. Maybe a lot of you guys will go out uh, for Mother's Day and have, have a connect with the family today. Well, that shouldn't just be once a year. Lord help us if it's once a year, right? Um, that's something that we need to cultivate. Like, hey, let's come together. And I know in today's world, in the hustle and bustle, everyone driving and flying and, and, and uh, you know, all wired to the internet and everything, it's harder to just carve out, hey, let's have table time. Let's come together as a family. Let's connect. Let's look eye to eye. Let's hear stories. Let's hear how it's going. Just the old-fashioned fellowship that starts with family first. And if you don't have a nuclear family, uh, uh, then, then f create family wherever you are. We, this, that's, that's why the beauty of the spiritual family, the beauty of spiritual family is that uh, we have family continuously. And when you're in a spiritual family and you're born again in Jesus, these are eternal relationships. I mean, we're going to be together forever. So why not cherish one another now? Well, don't tip down, tiptoe around and avoid one another. Hey, get in and know one another. Have, have fellowship. Okay, so um, the fruitful vine... Um, and I, I, I thought of that for a moment. I thought, you know, the Bible is awesome in the different metaphors it chooses and different things. Uh, but I thought of, you know, in the New Testament, who's, who's the fruitful vine? New Testament. Jesus, right? And so it says your wife will be like a f fruitful vine. She will be like Jesus. She'll be a fruitful vine bearing fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. Okay? And, uh, and, and to all the mothers here, I mean, God's called you to be like Jesus, you know, not like Martha Stewart or whatever the role models of motherhood is. <laughs> oh, she went to jail. That wasn't good. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know, your, your role model is Jesus ultimately. But, but watch this. The older women should teach the younger women. And so there's a connection of, of uh, a succession of one generation to another, you know, passing down tips and recipes and how to raise kids and all that, all that cool stuff. That, there, there's a beauty to all that transaction from the older ladies should teach the younger ladies. And there's a passage I wrote down here. Um, let me see if I find it here. Let, let's, let's look at this while I'm talking about that. 1 Timothy 5, verse 1. Let's start there. 1 Timothy 5, verse 1. Um, actually, let me see where it comes in. Maybe it starts at verse 5. I might have written that down, but you'll find it. 1 Timothy 5. And it's talking about, um, do not rebuke an older man harshly. Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he was your father. Y'all seeing that? 
We don't think like that very much. Well, older guy, man, just an older guy. Who cares? He's, he's on his way out anyways, you know, next, you know. There's a, but, but instead it says, no, if you see an older man, treat him like he's your father. And we're called to honor our fathers and mothers, right? And so there's something about just, just respecting the elderly. And we, we learned a lot when we went on Rolling Thunder a bunch of years, and, and we just had some time in the reservations and, um, and we saw how, you know, there was a lot of issues, of course, with the Native American communities, and there's alcohol and abuse, and it's tragic. I mean, until the church steps up, th- that, those communities are just hanging in the balance. I mean, it just, it's, it's so tragic, and I think the church is the only answer. The government just keeps pumping money in there. You know, uh, in Canada, it's just like unreal. Just a side note on that. They're literally giving billions, like something like $40 billion to the First Nations. They're just paying them off because there were some atrocities in the, in the past. But just, I guarantee you, just throwing money, I mean, $40 billion, I mean, you, you can't even understand what's happening. It's so twisted. The, the, the wokeism has no sense. Just throw money at this, throw money at that. And, and people that don't know how to steward things and haven't been fathered and, and are, you know, the vast majority are... Uh, or alcoholics and child abuse and all these things. So until we step in, until the body of Christ steps in and there's actually discipleship and you intercept a young generation that's, that's destined for destruction, whether it's inner city, whether it's Native American. But anyways, all that to say, one thing we learned, we learned more than that, there's beautiful culture there, but is they respect the elderly. They respect the elderly. And uh, I, I just remember thinking, that's so beautiful. I mean, we were there, and we'd have these, what do they call that, fried bread and all that good. Marco and Natalie, you guys remember? They were amazing missionaries back there, part of our team back in the day, dear friends of ours. And, uh, and so they would, but they would always stop for a moment right when it was time to eat and say, okay, bring the elders eat first. Elders eat first. And I was like, wow, isn't that something? Isn't that something for the younger generation to just say, you know what? We, we respect and honor. They went before us. And they're leaving before us, probably, right? And let's, let's cherish the time we have left. Let's glean the wisdom that they have. Let's tell them they're important by action. And so that's just a little side note. But uh, anyways, don't rebuke an older man harshly. Treat him as a father. Treat younger men as brothers, fathers. We're to treat younger men as brothers, as young guys growing up, like little brothers with a sense of protection, Okay? And, and, and wanting to, them to make the best of their lives and, and uh, dispense wisdom to the young ones, right? And then older women as mothers. So, we're to, again, we're to treat older women as mothers. So it's not just on a Mother's Day revering the mothers who have had natural births, but there's such a thing as spiritual fathers and mothers in, in a family like this. See, the beauty of the family of God is you get multiple layers of fatherhood and motherhood and and uh, and everyone born of God through Jesus Christ gets to have, watch this, two fathers minimum. You got your natural father, right? And, uh, and you have a heavenly father. And then there's, if you're willing, if you have eyes to see and value and position yourself, you can have more fathers and more fathers that are in your life. Isn't that a beautiful thing? And so... So it says here, older women as mothers, treating older women as mothers, younger women as sisters. We see that. This, this is a big family thing, isn't it? Look at this. 
What's happening here? With absolute purity. You know, we're, we're in, a, in a time of such obscurity when it comes to family. It's just the lines are being blurred and, and taken away and the definitions of even male and female. I mean, you, you have to be able to understand a father is a male. A, a, a young man is a male. A mother, an older lady, is a female. I know this is like rocket science in today's world, you know. And, but you'd start taking away all those basic categories that God designed, God instituted, and you have total chaos. I remember hearing from my sister who works with a coworker whose daughter is transgendering, who's transforming and has all the pronouns to go with it. And the mother's just constantly heartbroken, just distraught, like, I don't even know what to do. Like, this is just so bizarre. It doesn't, and, and, and then the amount of regret that people feel when they, when they dive into all that. And then five, ten years later, testimonies, of course, our culture tries to suppress it because they're trying to remove all the boundaries that God has set and, and, they, and, they're, and they're in a place of regret and, and remorse. And, 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 and I believe that, guys, we have to build healthy family, the body of Christ. I mean, we might be the only ones still building healthy family the way God designed it when it's all said and done, the way their culture's going. And yet there's an opportunity because we said where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Isaiah 60, verse 1 and 2 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you, See, can you see? Darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. Are you seeing it? And other translations say not just thick darkness, it's deep darkness, and gross darkness are over the people. But, here's the solution, here's the but, you're the but, okay? The Lord rises upon you, and his glory, I know y'all laughing at that. I won't even go there, my mom... My, my wife will get me in trouble if I make jokes right now. Okay. So, but the Lord <laughs> rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Look at, look at your neighbor and say, his glory rises on you. Look at your other neighbor and say, his glory appears over you. In, a, in, an, atmosphere, in an atmosphere of thick, gross darkness coming upon the people, God has a people. He always has a remnant. He always has a light. And I believe the Lord is saying to the church right now, those who are followers of Jesus Christ, those who still believe the Bible is true. There's a lot of different definitions, guys. There's a lot of definitions, and they keep changing and rearranging all around us. But as, as far as me and my house, we will believe the Word of God. We will believe the truth that's there. We're going to see it as it is. Yes, we'll ask Holy Spirit to help us interpret it. We don't do it perfect, but we believe in the inherent Word of God, the inspired Word of God, that there is a truth, there is a standard, and, and, we're, and we're sticking to it. Are you going to come into, run into trouble just believing such things? Probably so at some point. You're still, still going to stick with it? It'll be tested. It'll be tested in such times. But I'm telling you, it'll be tested and it'll be proven true. Okay, so um, I wanted to, so I was thinking about this this morning, and, and the Lord just spelled this out. Some of you guys know I used to be the, the, the acronym prophet. I would always get an acronym for everything back in the day. I don't do it as much, but it still comes on me every once in a while, that, that anointment for the acronym. And so, so uh, this morning I woke up and the Lord said, family. 
And, and this is what I got. It said, watch this. Father and mother intentionally loving you. Family is a father and a mother intentionally loving you. Okay? And, the, and, and I felt like the Lord said to tell everyone that's what family's all about. First of all, there's, there's fathers, <laughs> male. There's females, and they're, they're together, mothers, right? And they're in, intentional about love and supporting and raising up the children, raising up the next generation, be fruitful and multiply. Adam and Eve, right? Eve was the mother of all living, all, all the living that were to come, all the children, the mother of all. And, and, and Adam, he was the, God started with Adam. Think about it. God started with a man. Anyone offended by that? I hope not. <laughs> hey, in today's world, hey, what do you mean a man came first? <laughs> you know? Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you again. The man came first, and God dealt with him first and worked with him first. And then came, came the woman. And I believe that's a picture of the role of a man is the head of the family. And a head speaks of authority. It speaks of vision. It, th- it speaks of a role. It doesn't mean better. There's mutual submission and all that good stuff. And there's cooperation. You, make, you build a team. That's what marriage is. It's, it's, it's a dream team because everyone works within their, within their gift set. But there's still roles. Someone say roles. And so father and mother intentionally loving you, creating a loving environment where we nurture and raise up children. You know, um, the, the, the gentleman the other day, he was talking about how uh, yesterday, um, Pastor Ed, I forgot his last name, but he was, he was an inspirational guy. And he was saying that how um, he's, his, his ministry is raising up uh, young men, teaching men to be men. Of course, he learned a lot of that just growing up in a totally, almost totally fatherless culture called the NFL, National Football League, where 85% of all those, those kids that are coming in there, those young men growing up in the hood and the whole thing, don't have fathers. And he's, and you know, he, and he's saying, it's, uh, I asked him, I said, how do you think the football leagues are doing these days? I mean, what, from when you were in it, to where we are now, he goes, man, it's not doing well at all. I mean, all, all the, the battles of wokeness and this and that. But he said the big thing is they're having to do like hundreds of millions of dollars to suppress the storylines and do lawsuits and pay off things of all the, the domestic abuse and all the, the issues that are coming up from their superstars that don't know how to live their life, don't know how to treat their wife. And now they're given all this money because they never had fathers. They didn't have a model, a role model. And so this is huge. So, so um, I'll give you a clue. Maybe we'll do a whole message on this other one at some time. But marriage, the Lord gave me a little uh, acronym for that too. Still spelling out family. But, but he said it this way. He said it's feel, female and male intentionally loving Yahweh or Yeshua. That's what marriage is. Okay? Y'all getting this? And that creates a family. You start with marriage, creates family, a female and a male intentionally loving Yeshua. Jesus is the center. Woo, come on, somebody. We're going to come back to this, guys. We're going to build healthy families, healthy marriages, and uh, there's an onslaught. And, uh, you know, see, what we have in America right now, we have this, the disintegration, and it's happening all over the world, sadly, 
tragically, because the devil knows the time is short and he's raging trying to dismantle families and take the mantles off the men. You know, the, the devil knows if he can cut off the head, he can get the rest. The, the women and children are kind of fair game. If you can remove the man, I wrote about it in Diamonds of Brazil in that book, of the, the dragon Moloch was literally devouring the men and then the rest were just vulnerable. And so he's after the men and then what happens is women have to stand in the gap and they have to become too strong for what their role really is. That, praise be to God, they stand in the gap. You got to do what you got to do when the man's not there. But it, it, it creates an fl- upside-down culture where it's, women can become very susceptible to, to having total control and dominance because they had to for survival. And so we're, we're dealing with all these elements of society right now. And what we're, what we're dealing with in America right now it, the, administ- the present administration uh, are orphans. So you, this is what happens when the orphans uh, are leading the orphanage. When the orphans are leading the orphanage, that's what we have in America right now. And you can study the roles of, you see Obama's life and different ones and, and Joe Biden. And you can go back and you can look at what's happening and you see what's, what's happening. And you have uh, broken families, you have fatherlessness, dysfunction. And it just spills over, okay? Is this making sense to anyone? And so, so that's why they're so ready to just like, let's just change the definitions. Let's just do the Because orphans don't think straight. They've never seen a model. They've never seen something healthy, okay? They don't know what, it, they, they, they don't have context. They don't have context. Like, what does a healthy dad do? What does a father do? What's a mother do? What's your, how to be treated right in a healthy way, in a godly way. Is this making sense? And so I really believe that our, our role is to rise and shine and stand in the gap, okay? And we see that, um, that the roles uh, of authority create structure. When there's roles, uh, there's structure and there's order. God is not a God of disorder, but order. And he wants to bring order back uh, to families, because if we can't pull our families together, then we don't have much to stand on to now we, we, we might be, well, i got to fight for my city and stuff. But if our family's in disorder, then we, we don't have much to stand on. we gotta, we got to kind of pull back for a moment and say, how is, how is my wife doing? Or how's, you know, uh, and it's one thing, you know, he, I, was, I was talking to Ed yesterday. He was saying, yeah, I had a men's meeting there. And, and uh, you know, and they're saying, well, how are you doing with, you know, your marriage and, uh, thing, and, and all the guys, you know, it's kind of like, well, I'm, you know, I'm probably about a nine out of ten, eight out of ten. It's like, well, then you go ask the wives, how are they doing? It's like, oh, boy. So there's, we, you know, we have to be attentive to our wives. We have to cover them. We have to protect them. We have to know their strengths and their, their gifts. And the Lord's calling men to stand up. The manhood is uh, imperative in such times. Okay, and we know that um, in Deuteronomy five sixteen it says, "Honor your father and your mother as the Lord has commanded you." It's not just an option. That honor, valuing, you might say, "Well, but my father or my mother or maybe the whole fam was kind of messed up, and I went through a lot of abuse, or I went through neglect, or..." And it's like, but there's still a place of honor that begins to set things in order. Because a man can't give what a man doesn't have. 
So sometimes we're like, we're like expecting, we have these expectations. I think sometimes we just got to throw away our expectations and say, God, you put me where you put me in this family, in this setting. And, and, and if someone doesn't have the, the context of, of normality, biblical normality, and we're saying, give me that, give me that, give me that, treat me like this, do me like that. And then, and then you don't get it. And then there's a breach and brokenness. And then we're still putting it on the older generation. You should have treat me like that. You should have treat me. And we can, we can do the blame game. We're like we're now, you know, 35 years old and we're still going, well, it's all because of them way back there. It's like at some point we got to stand up and we got to say, you know what? I'm going to honor my parents. They gave what they could. You know, I've forgiven the abuses or sins. But I'm going to move on into manhood, a godly manhood myself. I'm going to break this curse. I'm going to stand in the gap. And it stops with me. It stops with me. And that can happen. That, between you and your Bible and your community, I'm telling you, everything the devil's meant for evil can stop with you. And you can turn that dysfunction around. And you can begin to raise up a standard. And guess what? You'll actually have a testimony. I mean, uh, just hearing people share who have come out of dire straits, come out of crazy situations, and then they come out, and they come out as overcomers. They have a new level of authority because of what they've been through, and they've allowed to heal those, the Lord to heal those places. So it says, this is a command to honor our fathers and mothers so that uh, you may have long life. Anyone interested in long life? And that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord God is giving you. And so I just feel like there's something that God is wanting to bring us back to. Um, we see in the scripture that even if you go all through the Old Testament and we see that uh, it's not ashamed of the fact that the men were called the heads of their families. Ezekiel 6, 25, there's like multiple scriptures, keeps it was just the way God designed it, and they were walking in that. And it said, uh, these were the heads of the Levite, Levite families, just one passage, just Exodus 6.25. It says, clan by clan. And it says, uh, Numbers 1, verse 4, it says, one, to call for one man from each tribe, each the head of his family. And so uh, the devil wants to cut off the head. He wants to crush the head. A lot of men have been crushed even by sitcoms and all the, the disrespect and, and the things that have come through the media and the culture. And so, you know, uh, but the only thing I believe that's going to reverse this curse so that we, we have healthy family environments is that men have to step up to the standard of the word and that the older men have to take a place of responsibility and say, follow me as I follow Christ. Unashamed. It's like, I'm going to do my best. Come on with me. Let's do it. Let's get this right. Is this making sense? It's really always about leadership. And right now, we have a, a real lack of leadership in our nation, sadly. But God's going to shift that. We have, we have the best time to be believers. We have the best time because... The systems of men are just failing. Everything's just falling apart. It's just like, are you kidding me? That's falling apart and this falling apart and that. Things that we used to think were solid. And we have an opportunity for the church to step in, for the light to come in and go, well, here 
Have you considered this? Here is something healthy. Here is something that is working. And so don't get discouraged when you see uh, negativity and dark, deep darkness covering the people. Say, well, man, this is, this is going to make me shine even brighter. This atmosphere of darkness. The key, the key is, are the lights on? Are the lights on at home? In your heart? In your family? And so, I just wanted to kind of put this out there because I believe there's, uh, we have an opportunity to step in and, uh, and model some things that God is so excited about and he's so willing to back us up. And so I just want to pray and we'll see where the Holy Spirit goes. So Lord God, we thank you for this opportunity, Lord. And it's just scratching the surface, Lord, but knowing that your standards and your ways are good and right and true. Lord, forgive us when we've removed the boundaries, the healthy boundaries that you've given us in your word of male, female, mother, father, family order. Lord, I thank you that you say that our children will be like olive shoots, olive plants that eventually become trees in the garden and, and that oil, that anointing on our children, on the young ones, Lord, anointed generation coming up, Lord. Thank you for that, Lord. We give you praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, would you break off this orphan spirit, Lord, especially how it's penetrated even the church, Lord. Would you deliver us from it, Lord? Would you make us sons and daughters as we are, but would you open our eyes to see the beauty of how you have girded us up with fathers and mothers and with divine counsel and wisdom on how to build family, how to cover our wives, how to support the mothers, how to raise up children in the ways of the Lord, how to rebuke them when they need to be rebuked, how to bring correction with gentleness Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus.